This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out Anchor. .fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Episode 11 of Paddle and Finn. I'm Scott. I'm Brian. And uh, Brian, man, we got a we got a jam-packed show tonight, don't we? Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We've been talking to guests lately, so we haven't really talked about anything going on with us lately. So we figured we'd catch up on uh, that stuff this episode. That's right. That's right. You know, what's, what's funny is, um, just to kind of give everyone a heads up, I mean, we're going to be talking about the... Uh, uh, the kayak camper that you've been working on. We're going to talk oh, yeah. in depth about that. Uh, we've got some new updates on uh, <clears throat> some fishing trips you took, specifically from a kayak perspective, on Evergreen Lake and, and going to Rock Cut to Pearson to, to Olson Lake. So we'll talk about that. Uh, one of the key topics there uh, I think we really want to kind of nail is, uh, you know, fishermen, you know, we're tough-skinned when it comes to a lot of, uh, you know, 
heavy outdoor stuff, you know, but really when it comes to uh, getting skunked, we kind of got thin skin. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, beating yourself up when you're getting skunked, that kind of stuff. We're also going to talk about sharing secret spots, baits, good or bad, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, we've got some announcements at the end of the show as well uh, on some uh, things. Hopefully uh, the fans will be interested in. So a uh, lot to yeah, cover. For man. sure. Heck, yeah. Let's get started. So, I mean, a, a few weeks ago, literally, I, what is it, two or three weeks you started on uh, this sort of kayaking camper? Is that is that accurate? Uh, I think now it's been like a month. Okay. Maybe five weeks since progress started, I think. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I had an old tool trailer, cargo tool trailer, um, that I haven't been really using and. You know, I was going back and forth deciding on whether or not I wanted to sell it, um, do something with it, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, after me and Jay made that trip up to Green Bay with uh, Scott Purrs, you know, we stayed in his camper up there and we got talking on the way home. And it was like, man, that'd be so key to have like a camper like that, tow your kayaks on it and, you know doing trips would be cheap and um you know just the all-around versatility of it i think yeah and uh so i got home started thinking as i do so often (laughs) but uh yeah so i took this old tool trailer and uh we turned it into the most epic kayak travel trailer (laughs) ever and uh, just used it uh, this past weekend out on Evergreen Lake, which is in central Illinois, about two and a half hours away from home. And, uh, man, I mean, a lot of work went into it. I know I kind of did things quick. And when I, you know, initially brought it up to you and, you know, Jay Randall and everybody else, I was like, yeah, it'll be done in a month. And there's a, everybody was like, no way. <laughs> But, you know, with that being said, I didn't really fish much the past couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, basically we got uh, room to sleep four guys. We could we have a roof rack where uh, we could probably carry up to three kayaks. Um, you know, we got a little kitchen in there, running water, things like that, you know. And we did that – or. I did that whole, uh, video series. Well, it was two videos on building it and kind of a walkthrough of what I did, what I had in mind, the changes I made as I was going through it, so to speak. Um, and that's up on our YouTube page. So yeah, I mean, it was a, it was definitely a work in progress, but man, was it worth it. And for those who haven't, um, maybe missed the last pot or two where you kind of gave an intro, uh, and talked a little bit about it as well. I mean, there's pictures of this thing on our Instagram page, uh, not only during, but uh, but also some really cool shots of uh, when you took it out for its maiden voyage, I guess, uh, last week to Evergreen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I tried to post some pictures, and it seems like a lot of people were interested in it. Yeah. Um, I know right now that's the most viewed video on our YouTube channel. Without a doubt, yeah. And... Um, I think it's cool. I mean, it's different. It's cheaper than going out and buying a brand new, you know, ten or $12,000 camper, things fully insulated. I mean, it, it, the looks of it is super nice. And it didn't really hit me 
until we were like ready to make that trip, like how nice that thing actually turned out. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a wood guy and right. You know, I'm, I'm good with my hands and stuff, but it's, it's crazy that I used to, you know, drag my dusty sanders and, you know, greasy tools and stain was like all over the floor, things like that. And now you look at it and I, I think there's even a before and an after shot there on, is. Our, is. on our Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, that's not the same trailer, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it turned out super sweet and uh, it's cool. It's, you know, after making this last trip, you know, me and you talked about it. We need to make a few adju- uh, adjustments and additions um, just small things. Um, but it's going to be cool, man. I'm super stoked for the rest of the fall and, you know, maybe even taking a couple winter trips and, you know, all of next year. I mean, we're going to be able to hit the road. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is man, that, that enables you so much to be able to, uh, go to lakes that would normally be either out of reach or inconvenient, you know, with hotels, motels, whatever, like you can just pull this thing up. It's got everything preloaded. You got your kayaks. It's got running water. It's got, you know, your 120 volt plug in. It's got all that stuff, you know? So, I mean, it just kind of uh, opens up, I guess, uh, just like the kayaks kind of did initially, right? Being able yeah. to boat again and a- actually able to fish. Now you're able to maybe take some longer, longer trips uh, to some lakes we, we normally wouldn't venture to, or you would normally wouldn't venture to. Right. Right. I mean, you know, you think of, you know, you mentioned hotels, it's like, you know, nowadays hotel rooms are ridiculous. Sometimes in smaller towns, you can find a, a room for like 80 bucks a night, yeah. but you know, more than likely it's around a hundred bucks. Whereas, sure. um, and then you're going out to eat things like that. So your costs, you know, kind of build up there. Whereas sure. now, um, we took that trip to Evergreen Lake. There was two of us, um, and it was $58 for two nights of camping. That's unbelievable. With shore power plug-in. And we spent, I think it was like 80 bucks on groceries for Friday night to Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, yeah. You know what I mean? So you got a Killer. weekend for two guys, and it costs you you know, 130 bucks. Whereas that, that's what it'd be for one night, you know, typically. So it it definitely opens up the door, you know, and not only that, but making those weekend trips, you know, getting away, um, you know, like we left Friday after work, we got down to evergreen around six o'clock, um, set up camp, ate dinner, went to sleep. Next morning we woke up, cooked breakfast and, you know, the boat launch was, two minutes from our campsite, which was awesome, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you can't really beat it. Um, you know, it's not for everybody, I'm sure, but you know, I'm a very DIY type of guy, you know? So that was right up my alley. The project itself got me the most excited because it was me building something that I don't normally build. Sure. Um, but you know, we, we definitely put some thought into it and, you know, especially in the video series, I definitely changed my mind on a few um, design aspects that I had originally sketched out. Um, actually, the whole layout got changed from the first sketch, you know, so it's it's kind of crazy. And I talk about that in the videos and, you know, by all means, if anybody's got questions or interested in doing that, you know, reach out to us through our uh, email and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions. You we know, know but- Along those same lines, man, we, we got an email um, 
isn't it from a father and son who are doing the same thing? Um, yeah, actually, uh, the gentleman's name was Matt and his son. They're out of Ohio. Yeah. And they're they're building a kayak trailer. I don't think it was oh, like a trailer. Got it. Yeah, yeah. They were. I believe they were building a trailer just to tow their uh, kayaks on. Gotcha. Not a hundred percent sure. He didn't go into great detail, sure. but I think that's kind of what I picked up from the email he had sent. But uh, yeah, so shout out to those guys. You, you know what's interesting about that, Brian, is um, uh, one thing that I, I think is so cool about the the trailer uh your trailer is is all the kayak storage on top right because you can actually transport those face up seats in the whole shot yeah. right yeah yeah i mean uh the first trip just because you know i just wanted to see how everything performed sure i actually took the seat off of my boat flipped it upside down Got but it. i could i could leave it right side up no problem at all and i had my bonafide ss127 in a 10 foot sitting pelican on the roof rack and we still had plenty of room up there um the only downfall of that is we have to bring a ladder with us to get the kayaks up off the roof rack yeah um, but I, I got a few ideas for that later on down the road which sure. you know as a, as we're going along doing stuff to that i'm just gonna you know do some quick update videos and keep those posted but um yeah man i I can't believe how well it came out and, you know, everybody that helped, I can't say thanks enough, especially yourself, you know? Um, well, but, I didn't really do much, but uh, yeah. I'm telling you, man, you, you did an amazing job on it. Tell us a little bit about uh, Evergreen, man. Yeah. So we took the trailer down to Evergreen and, um, you know, we were searching around. So my cousin, Eric, uh, that works for me, came with and uh we wanted to hit an illinois lake because he had already bought like day licenses up in wisconsin and he already had an illinois license so you know we wanted to stay in illinois so he didn't have to get another license fishing license and uh we originally talked about going out to banner marsh but i believe right now they have uh uh waterfowl season going on so the lake's like closed down till one o'clock in the afternoon and then you can only fish from shore so um, I kind of looked around on a map and just kind of scoped out lakes and such that had campgrounds either on them or right near them. And I came across Evergreen Lake, which is right by Bloomington Normal, Illinois yep. State University. Yep, and actually, yep. actually, the State University bass team practices on this lake, Evergreen Lake. Is that right? Um, <laughs> from what I read, yeah. And... Uh, I tell you what, man, it's, it's a super unique lake. Um, basically it's a reservoir. There's a river that runs through there. It's dammed up. Um, but they got musky largemouth, uh, I believe and they're crappie, white bass, um, catfish and saw guy. And actually the Illinois state record saw guy came out of there, which is a walleye and a sauger. Uh, br uh, mix breed gotcha. of fish, so to speak, or species of fish. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy. We, uh, you have to get a sticker for your kayak through the park office, um, to take your boat out on the water. So, we stopped in there Saturday morning before we launched the kayaks, and uh, they had like a brag board on the wall in the, in the center there where you get your stickers. and 
it's got each species of fish that's in the lake and list, you know, what the biggest uh, fish of that species had been caught. And I saw 2.8 pounds on a large mouth and I'm like, man, we're going to smoke that. Like there's no way. You yeah. Know? So we went out, started fishing and this, this lake is super unique because it's, you know, the water levels in it change and you could see where like areas of the banks have eroded away, which expose tree roots. And these trees have fallen down into the water, which has created a ton, ton of structure all over the lake. So, I mean, that's where we primarily focused our fishing on was fishing off those trees and weed lines, um, which was, which was cool. But, you know, I think the biggest bass we caught was like 15 inches, which, you know, pound pound and a half something like that but uh you know the first day i got so frustrated and i didn't stick to the tactic i initially wanted to start out with which was a white spinner bait and uh my cousin eric had stuck with that and was sticking fish left and right yeah and uh we came in for lunch and i just kind of you know in my mind was going through everything that had occurred through the day and what I thought I had done wrong and what I thought I needed to change to. So I changed up some baits and I ended up tying on, um, basically a Ned rig with, uh, the TRD hogs, um, plastic on there, which looks like a little creature bait or kind of crayfish replica. And I was tossing that into weed pockets and then uh, also jigging it along those sunken trees. And it was like the first 10 minutes out, I snagged a bass, you know, that was probably 13 inches. And I'm like, all right, we're on to something now. And uh, stuck with that Saturday evening. I believe I caught, you know, probably five fish that night and uh, actually caught a crappie that night as well on that same TRD hogs coming off a tree. And, uh, so the next morning we woke up and it was much warmer. Saturday was really, really cold. It was, I think it was like a high of 55. So I thought that was really messing with those fish as well. So, um, you know, when it warmed up Sunday, I'm like, do I change it up? Do I go to power fishing or do I stay with the finesse fishing? And, you know, as soon as we hit the water, I stayed with the finesse. And again, first 10, 15 minutes in ended up snagging a bass and, uh, we ended up catching a bunch more. And, you know, one thing I always think about, like on those warmer days is that water starts to warm up. It seems like those fish, especially this time of year, will start to school together later in the morning and push up into those shady areas. Um, just because it was such a, a clear day, a lot of sunlight coming through the water. So we started focusing on those shorelines where, you you know, we were fishing those um, shade edges, so to speak, against those trees and the weeds and everything. And everything just came together. And, you know, we slammed a bunch of fish Sunday before we actually uh, packed up and headed home. So it, it was very cool. Um, you know, I've been on this kick lately, you know, just exploring new water and stuff. And, you know, I mean, it's fun to break down a lake you know, it's, it stinks when you have those struggles and you can't find fish right away, but you just can't give up. You got to keep going, you know, and that's, that's the great thing about fishing. I think personally, you know, it's just the challenge of actually 
you know, figuring those fish out and getting, getting one on the hook and in the boat. Yeah. You definitely got to have a lot of tools in your toolbox. You know what I mean? Um, sure, sure. Sure. I mean, I will say I changed up, man, I probably went through eight or nine different styles of baits right. before I actually caught my first fish. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Know? I've been there. Which, yeah, yeah it's frustrating, yeah, it you know, but once you, once you figure a pattern out, you know, it's all downhill from there. So. You know, it's so funny because I, I kind of mentioned we were going to talk about this. It's probably a good time as any, but, you know, when you're getting the skunk on or when you're trying to battle through university when it comes to, you know, trying to trying to land something, it's so funny and how fickle fishermen are, you know, because, you know, we can go three, four hours without catching a fish and then, um, you know, uh, be in the absolute lows of lows. And then all of a sudden we catch one and it's like we're ready for another three, four hours. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like game on. No, Exactly. Know? Well, that's exactly how it went for me Saturday, you know. Uh, I, you know, after I finally got fish Saturday evening, it, we stayed out a little later than we should have. It was dark when we got back to shore. Sure. And, uh, you know, that was because I, you know, I caught fish. I'm like, all right, let's do this. I need to catch right. up. And that's exactly what I said to Eric, you know, and he's laughing at me. He's like, yeah, good luck. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and, and I actually ended up catching up to him by the end of the night, sure. which was cool. So. Yeah. Um, but you know, one thing I will say is, you know, me and him both on separate occasions saw some big, big skis in that lake surfacing, chasing bait fish. So I, I um, had no idea they had muskie in there, to be honest. You know, I didn't know much about the lake until a few days before I started doing my research, looking at Google Earth or a satellite image of the lake, um, the depth map, uh, the DNR, you know layout of the mat or of the lake you know where they go through list the species average depth you know the types of bottoms things like that and i didn't really know there was muskies in there either and you know i figured you know you know illinois you don't usually think of big muskies nope um we do have a few spots that do you know uh have big muskies so to speak in the in the state here yeah. but um you know, I would say the one I saw surface was 40 plus easy. Wow. And I mean, it, it was healthy. It was healthy. So very cool. But, uh, yeah, so we ended up, uh, we, we got a trifecta. We ended up, um, catching three different species of fish that weekend. We caught, uh, white bass, few crappies and a bunch of largemouth. So it, it's definitely a cool lake. If anybody's like interested in fishing it, I would highly recommend it, you know, and like I said, the water levels were low when we went there. Had they been at their normal level, there was so many more trees that were out of the water that are normally underwater. Yeah. I mean, the amount of structure that's in that lake is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, and you also, not only that lake, which I guess you would consider, uh, you know, a smaller fishing lake, right? I mean, it wasn't huge, was it? Or was it? No, no, no. Evergreen Lake is, is pretty big. Oh, it is? Okay. It's pretty big. Oh, yeah, yeah. We probably only fished a quarter of okay. it. Okay. And, um, it, I mean, it's huge. I forget how many acres it is, but it's it's over a 1,000 acres. It is. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of goofy when you look at it on the map. It's kind of in the shape of a backwards S. Yeah. And it's got... Um, two or three different boat launches and um, 
there's a bunch of coves off like the main channels of the actual lake. So, you know, you can, we worked our way back into a few and, you know, that's when we were working those shadow lines. And uh, that's definitely when we ran into and found some fish. So, you know, what's interesting is after Evergreen, um, you did some fishing out at Rock Cut at Pierce and at Olson, right? Which, yeah, yes. Yeah. Much smaller than Evergreen. Um, so my local lake or the lake that's in my neighborhood here has been closed down for a few weeks, which it just opened back up today. So, um, but because it's been closed down due to uh, a bad algae bloom and they just don't want things stirring up, you know, getting worse, so to speak. Um, but anyhow, I, you know, wanted to explore out to some different waters since I couldn't fish close to home. And I fished the Kishwaukee river recently, uh, got a YouTube video up on that, um, you know, catching a big smallie there, but we've had a bunch of rain as of recently. So that river and all the creeks and rivers and creeks in our area are high and flowing fast. So I couldn't go to there. So I decided to go over to rock cut and, uh, on my way there, um, you know, I was told myself I was going to look at both lakes. I've fished Pierce before, never fished Olson. Um, and I ultimately ended up fishing Pierce Lake, um, Tuesday night this week. And I had fished that lake once before it's loaded with huge pods of shad everywhere. And the fish, you know, if you find those pods of shad, the fish are right underneath them. And I found some pods. I was following them around, tried a bunch of different stuff and just couldn't get anything to go. I think I missed maybe one or two bites, but not a hundred percent sure. And, uh, it was just super frustrating. I remember driving home and I was just like, should have checked out the other lake, should have tried this bait, should have done this differently, you know, and you start going through that list of should haves instead of, you know, coming out up with an alternative game plan, so to speak, I think, sure. if that makes any sense, you know, yeah. I really started beating myself up and it, that went on for like two days. And I don't know if that's just cause I'm, I'm a weirdo when it comes to fishing, <laughs> but you know, I just, you know, I started second guessing all my decisions and whatnot. And it could have just been as simple as the fish weren't biting, you know? Sure. Um, I didn't really check out the barometric pressure or any of that. It was overcast. It was cold. So, you know, those factors could have played into it, but I think, you know, like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you know, us as fishermen, we just, we really beat ourselves up sometimes, you know? And I think the biggest thing is it's, it's more of a mental thing. It is. Yeah. And I will say, so I went back Thursday night and I fished Olson Lake and I started out, you know, new lake, never fished it, briefly looked at a contour map and a, a satellite image of the lake. And I kind of had this game plan in play. You know, I started fishing these tall reeds, um, hoping there was fish tucked up in there and in the shore because it was the end of the day. That's where the warmer water should be. And uh, I just couldn't get anything to go. And then finally, there's uh, a creek that runs into that lake. So I 
said to myself that, you know, I'm going to try out close to the launch in these tall reeds. If that doesn't work, I'm going to work my way up to creeks, up to the creek. Cause that's, you know, you'll find a lot of bait fish up in there, a lot of oxygen in the water because that water's churning things like that. And, uh, sure enough, it gets to the mouth of the creek and, landed a large mouth and that was like such a huge relief <laughs> that i finally you caught a fish was you know? over. <laughs> well right you know and that and it's funny like i you know i'm so spoiled with my neighborhood lake and you know how it is fishing oh, yeah. out there it you know you it's spoiled. like one, yes. one, once you figure out that pattern whatever they're feeding on it's just like shooting fish in it a barrel is. you know yeah. But if you don't know that pattern, it's frustrating. And I actually got skunked out there once this summer. And, you know, that was like the biggest kick in the you-know-what, you know. <laughs> and and you're just like, man, I know this lake. I know they should be biting. You know, so I started thinking about that the other night, too. It's like, yeah, I got skunked on the home lake this year. Man, you really can't complain. This is like the second, maybe third time you got skunked all year right. this year. Right. You know what I mean? So, but when you're just so into the zone and catching fish and then you have those days, which they're going to happen, you're just like, what am I doing wrong? You think like, you know, and that was the thing too, is fishing this week at Rock Cut. You know, I haven't really fished much other than the trip to Evergreen right. because I've been so busy working on the, the trailer. You know, I'm like. I lost my touch. I got to reteach myself how to fish again. <laughs> like what, what is wrong with me? You know? So I, you know, I mean, how about yourself? I mean, you know, yeah, no, I, I I've got, it, I've gotten plenty of the skunk. There's no doubt about it. And, um, but you know, what's funny for me, man, as I get older and as I kind of, uh, I would call it mature, but my wife would argue. Um, yeah, right. Both of our <laughs> wives would argue together. But but as I get older, man, it's like, you know, part of it for me, to be honest, I mean, a large part of it's just being out, you know. And so, like, no, when, it, when, you, when you think of it, and I, and I get caught up in this all the time, where you almost think of it like a game or like a score, or you think of it like, you know, I need, I need you know, my buddy's got six fish and I only got two or, or whatever. Or even when you go out on your own, you get skunked, you feel like you've been defeated, you know, and I've right, been there right. Too. It's I've totally been there. And um, it, as I get older, I, I'm, I'm hopefully getting a little more wise as far as, you know what, I, I'm going to enjoy my time on the water. That's not always going to be that way. And, you know, you, you do your best to try to figure it out and try to change up and maybe search different depths, search, uh, you know, weed lines, breaks, all that stuff. But uh, uh, part of it for me now is just I just love being out on the water, especially in a kayak, you know. No, I agree with that 100%. And um, this is probably going to go a little off subject, but it's I, I saw a video today, uh, and I meant to talk to you about this earlier, but um, it was Michael Waddell, uh, who, who's a pretty well-known hunter. Sure. Um, he put out a video um, as sort of a message to the hunting community and I think it applies to the fishing community. It, it applies to a lot of things. But his whole point of this video was, you know, there was a point in time where he wasn't, you know, such a privileged hunter, so to say, where, you know, he wasn't hunting these high dollar ranches, you know, in our case, these super high class, you know, lakes and, you know, the best gear and this and that. And it's it's almost like it's turned you know, 
what you see on these hunting shows, right. and, uh, hunting videos and fishing shows and stuff like that, um, that it's almost like we make the sport look like um, you're never going to be good enough to be where I'm at. Right. Right. Which deters a lot of new uh, fishermen, hunters, sure. kayakers, whatever, away from the sport. Whereas, uh, you know, his point was, is, you know, let's figure out a way to convey how does a normal working man that works 50 hours a week and might only get to hunt on the weekends or fish on the weekends relate to what we're doing? That's right. You know, yeah. we, we can't keep, you know, doing this, whatever. Um, so, yeah, now that I think about it, the way I'm thinking is like, man, like I'm, I'm so caught up in that. Like, I feel like oh, I'm a bad I, fisherman I because too. I got skunked. I you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But yep. I think the reason why I wanted to bring it up tonight was you just learn from your mistakes. And no matter what, you move on, you find a tactic that's going to yep. work. And, and maybe it's just an off day, yep. you know. Yep. But who cares? Like you said, you're on the water. Could be worse. You could be sitting on the couch watching days of our lives <laughs> with your wife or girlfriend, you know. So, you know, it, it's just something like, you know, I think – us as fishermen or fisherwoman, we, we get so caught up in this, like, you know, mentality that we, every time we go out, we got to catch fish. And then if we don't catch fish, we beat ourselves up. And I think it's, you know, like you said, just enjoy the fact that you're on the water, you're in nature, you're, you know, you're out there getting a line wet, yeah, right. you know, you could be doing something else, right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's funny, man. I just, you know, it kind of came to me as I was thinking about everything and I'm like, what am I doing? You know, why am I beating myself up so sure, much? Sure. I've caught so many fish this year. It's like, you know, who cares? It's just one day, yep. brush it off and move on. And sure enough, moved on. Um, but, uh, well, it kind of brings us to yeah. another topic that you want to talk about as well. And that's, you know, sharing your secret spots, baits, um, you know, good or bad, all that good stuff. And I think it kind of ties into what we're talking about, right? Like, like when we talk about, you know, getting skunked and, and, and trying to catch fish and, uh, you know, changing up your tactics. And then of course you get, if you get skunked, you know, you feel like you've been defeated, etc. Same thing sort of goes like when we talk about like the fishing community and just getting out on the water and being in a kayak and that camaraderie, like, you know, you've met friends on the water. I've met friends on the water, that sort of thing. Um, you know, sharing your secret spots, your baits, I think sharing information, whether it be about, uh, you know, good or bad on brands uh, of kayaks, whether it's on uh, uh, lure selection, whether it's on, you know, uh, we talked about line choices before. Um, I sure. think it's all good, man. I think, you know, the, I think the biggest um, secret in fishing is that there are no secrets. Right. And I agree with that statement 100%. I think... You know, it definitely, the two definitely tie into each other because, um, you know, my thought on it is if I can help put a guy on a fish, that's going to want to make him want to fish more, right. you know, which in return helps grow our sport, our kayak community, whatever, whether it's a guy on the shore or a guy in a fancy bass boat or the guy, you know, in the kayak next to me, you know, my whole thought process on it is, you know, help a guy out. You right. Know? That's only, only, I mean, I've always had that outlook of, you know, karma, you know, I help a guy out one day when I'm getting that skunk, 
it's going to put a fish on my hook. That's the way <laughs> right, I think, you know, right, right. whereas, whereas like, you know, I know you've mentioned uh, that forum website before that I won't name, yep. but um, you know, the big problem I had with that was the idea and the thought going into that website was, was really a cool thing. It was a cool idea. It's where you can go and post, you know, your catches and what you're using and where you caught it. And it help everybody out. Uh, you know, whereas the problem that occurs on there is somebody like myself in the past, um, you know, when I was fishing Lake Geneva bunch, I was like, you know, caught some fish last night. Here's what we caught. Uh, we were running crankbaits. Yep. You know, and we were fishing this area over here and guys are messaging me like, what are you doing? You're going to kill it. Blah, 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 blah. That's crazy. I'm like, really, man? Like, you know, but there's a lot of that that goes on, not only on, you know, the good old interwebs, but in person too. Oh, yeah. You know, I've had that experience before. It's like, and it's funny because, you know, me and you have had many discussions Mm -hmm. in the past couple of weeks about this whole state of the bass fishing industry. And um, we're not going to get into that. But, um, you know, basically the point of that was, is this good or bad? Uh, You know, our sport isn't really grown, so to speak, over the years. Whereas I think that's the big problem. You know, if you keep everything a secret, what's going to make another guy want to go out and buy a fishing pole and go go bank fishing, you know? Whereas if you go, hey, man, I know where you can go catch, you know, some awesome 15-inch bass. All you got to do is, you know, go get a rod from, you know, heck, Walmart right. with a couple couple cheap baits. Yep. I'm telling you, man, you'll catch some fish. That guy will go do that. Bang, 10 fish come back to you and said, that was the greatest time of my life. I'm hooked. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Sure. So, and that's how you grow the sport. And I just, you know, I think it's uh, – a good thing to do. I'm not saying, you know, give everybody your GPS coordinates, but if you say, Hey, go check out this area. And I put quotations around area, you know, and try throwing this bait, you know, you should get a fish or two, you know, I'm not saying go tell everybody and their brother where a 10 pound bass is living. Well, well, most people don't know. That's the funny thing. I mean, all of us don't know, you know, that's why we get skunked, you know? Right, 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 right. the other thing too is like there's there's actually guys out in that same that same I still you know watch the discussion threads for a couple lakes that I'm interested in one of them because I'm actually buying a, pl- a lakefront you know property on that lake um, and it's funny man there's guides like three or four guides that consistently post day in and day out what times they fished where they fished what they used where they caught fish where they didn't catch fish and what they did and didn't catch them on and. When I see those things, like it's, I mean, I think it's awesome. I really do. And, and like you said, you know, unless you take a kid fishing, unless you can, you know, teach a guy how to fish, right. Um, you know, people, the, the, the whole hobby or industry or whatever you want to call it, isn't going to grow. And, that, and that's one of the reasons why we got this podcast, right. We're new to this, right. we're not, right. we're, you know, we're long time fishermen, but we're new to this whole kayak business, you know? So, so yeah. from that perspective, I think, uh, um, 
I think that's too why, you know, we're getting a little bit of a following going here because, uh, you know, we get the emails every week and, and we appreciate all you guys out there that email us and tell us what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff or ask us questions. We love that stuff. And, and, and part of the reason why is, <clears throat> again, it's just expanding the community, you know, and I think we're both yeah. all for that, you know? No, 100%, man. I mean, I think that's my biggest drive behind, you know, if we're going to go down that road is my biggest drive behind this podcast is just I've, I think we've both found a, a community uh, being the kayak fishing community and just fishing in general right. um, that we have this strong passion for and we love sharing it and we love get, seeing other people grasp onto it. I mean, what was it today, right? Just today we got a message from a guy in Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's cool. Super Canada. And, uh, you know, shout out to him, redeem three, six, five fishing on Instagram, go follow him. But, uh, he just listened to our first episode and he's like, man, I'm fishing out of a Pelican. And, you know, in that, our first episode, we talked about how, you know, I would just throw my 10 foot Pelican in the back of the truck to make those short hour, you know, maybe two hour trips. And he's like, I do the same thing. That's awesome. Like, you know, so. I mean, anything we can do to help out, I mean, I think that's what, what the big drive is. Sure. Because w- when we initially started talking about kayaks and kayak fishing between me and you personally, you know, we started looking around and there wasn't much out there to help us out. You sure. know? So I think after we got into it, we were like, hey, man, <laughs> we should do this, you know. And uh, I think we both got a little stoked up about that because it was like, you know, we don't know everything, but if we can help the next guy that's in our position right now, why not? Absolutely. You know? Yep. So well, I, I think it's totally cool to see it come full circle. You well, know? that brings up another interesting topic, and, and, and I guess I'll just kind of lead with it. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I'm looking to purchase a, 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 you know, a, a lakefront property on, on, on Delavan up in Wisconsin, and what's interesting is that's going to mean another kayak. So uh, – when we thought, hmm. <laughs> so that means I may have to get another new kayak. <laughs> I think it does. It was, I, get, let me, I like. The, let me rephrase that. I like the Brian way both are getting a new kayak to store up. At the I like the. Lake. I like the way this topic's going. <laughs> so I guess what, what what our ask from you guys is uh, uh, for all those that email us, get in contact with us, or uh, even you know leave a comment live on the Anchor app. Uh, and we love your feedback. I, I'm, I'm really looking for a shorter kayak, something around the 10 foot range, potentially with pedal power, some sort of propulsion from that perspective. Uh, everyone knows that listens to the pod. I've got a, uh, a new canoe frontier 12. They know Brian's got the bonafide. Um, yeah, give us suggestions, man. Let's hear what you think. Cause we want to learn from you guys too. So, uh, feel free to reach out to us and, and give us some suggestions. Like I said, I'm looking for more of a 10 foot a shorter boat that I can just quick drag down to the lake and, and get out hopping. But I definitely want it to be uh, something that's got a little more, uh, um, uh, I guess, more features, right. From a pedal perspective and other things. So uh, let, let us know what you think. And it sounds like Brian, you're in the market now too. This is awesome. But- yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. I already, I already got my eye on a couple things, but uh, we'll, we'll wait to see uh, what feedback we get in the next podcast, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode. But uh, yeah, I I think it's super cool. 
I mean, uh, Paddle and Finn's getting a new headquarters. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> you know, up in Delavan. But, and we have uh, our travel, our, 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 what do you call Our it? travel trailer. So, yeah. yeah. So we're going to hit the road and, uh, you know, just live up in Delavan and hit the road. So <laughs> see the wives later. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've been thinking the same thing, getting a pedal kayak. Yep. Um I'm actually going to come out and say this now, but I'm actually really considering doing a bunch of kayak fishing tournaments next year. Yep. I know you talked about possibly doing some, but, uh, you know, I think from a tournament point of view, um, pedal drives the way to go. Yeah. But, um, I love my bonafide man. <laughs> it's going to be hard getting away from that, but well, that center that center um, council they have there, man, and the way that that is designed, it, they're coming out with something, man. There's no doubt about it. Well, with not, that being, they're gonna, they're gonna, yeah. With that being said, uh, bonafide just launched their new uh, 11 foot kayak this past weekend. Is that the, and, that the sit uh, in? Uh, no, this is a sit on top. Oh, okay. The sit. The new sit-in that they have coming out is supposed to be out the beginning of the year, I believe. I got you. But uh, the boat they just came out with is the uh, RS-117, I think it is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just had the release. Um, yep. Yeah, and uh, there's a couple videos on YouTube where uh, Chad Hoover and Gene Jensen did a walkthrough on it. They were at the big release party. And if I had a couple extra hundred bucks in my pocket, I would have been there. But unfortunately, I didn't have that kind of money in my pocket. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, it's a super cool boat. I like the thought of it being 11 foot um, compared to the 13 foot that the SS-127 is. But um, that sitting kayak I'm interested in and I'm really eager to see that finished and up close and personal for a river kayak. That but one you suppose that's down the road. It's a sit in, but you can stand in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Bonafide claims you could sit and stand in this sit in kayak. That's crazy. And, uh, it's got this cool like storage area up in the front, or two storage areas up in the front. Um, it's a really, really sweet kayak. If you guys haven't seen it, go check out. Uh, go check it out on the uh, uh, Bonafide website. They have some images up of it, but that that. Uh, 117 that they just came out with was pretty sweet and i know my daughter's uh looking to get into a new boat next season so you know i might might splurge yeah but <clears throat> yeah it's the um, nice thing about that 11.7 though thousand bucks so it's a lot cheaper um it's in between the ss uh 107 and the 127 gotcha yeah so, um, and that thousand dollar price point, that's pretty affordable. I mean, you get a little bit more out of that boat compared to first, say the new canoe Flint, I think. Yeah. Uh, because the Flint is a thousand dollars, I believe. It is. Yeah. Or no, is the Flint the short new canoe? That is, that's, that's one of them I'm looking at. That's on the short list for sure. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Oh, the pursuit is the other one. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah. So. That's something cool, but uh, yeah, no, I like the sounds of uh, 
Delavan and pedal kayaks. You know, what's funny is, you know, I, I bought the Frontier. And I think uh, for those of you that go back to like the first episode or two, we talked about kind of why we bought what we bought. And one of my driving factors was I wanted 12 foot and I wanted the Frontier for the stability. But the 12 foot was really for if I want to throw another seat in there and do a tandem. Right. And do a tandem with your son. That's right. Yep. And we've done that. And, and, um, but now with the new place coming into play here at some point, uh, I'm going to need, uh, they're all going to have their own kayaks. So I'm thinking of downsizing something easy to drag, you know, not quite a uh, hundred pounds, that kind of thing. Um, that, you know, I'll be able to basically throw a pedal drive in or it comes with it or whatever. So I'm looking at a few different things, but, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear, uh, I'd love to hear some, uh, uh, you know, suggestions as, or especially those who actually own the kayak and can give me good and bad about whatever they, uh, you know, whatever they're paddling. I think that's one of the best ways to get feedback on a boat that you're thinking about purchasing. Right. It's just talking to somebody that actually has one. Right. You know, uh, other than demoing the boat before you buy Definitely it, which I do that first. Yeah. highly, highly recommend. Yeah. But, you know, getting some really good feedback from somebody that owns that boat, yep. I think it's just so, so clutch and so key. Well, like we were, you we know. were talking to Steve McGee last week from Texas. And uh, the one boat he has has that built-in rudder, right? It's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, that's genius. That's so awesome. And he's like, not really. He's like, because yeah. you can't drag it, you know? Right, you smash that right. Rudder. And, and yeah, he's worried about that rudder breaking. I never you know, would have which, thought of that until I owned it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I wouldn't have thought it till the rudder was broken. Right, down. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's that's just me. You know I'm, I'm, I'm that would have. That would have happened, you know, but, uh, yeah, I think it's totally cool, man. I mean, well, actually, now that I think about it, you said everybody in your family's getting a boat. So you kind of like pick their boats out for them. Then you got four new boats. Yeah. And they're all, they're all fishing kayaks that I fit in. I like it. <laughs> I like it. You're, you're on the up and up, my man. But, uh, job, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Don't call me for that <laughs> but uh yeah uh well it's gonna be exciting too man because delavan for those of you that don't know or aren't familiar with it it's in southern wisconsin and this lake is uh you talk about geneva a lot um it's much like geneva in the essence that it's got walleye it's got largies it's got smallmouth, it's got uh, a crazy panfish population of bluegills and crappies it's got northern pike but it doesn't have the musky like geneva does yeah. But they got a healthy yeah, yeah. population of all those things. And uh, I think the deepest spot is about 55 feet, I think, from what I understand. Um, so, you know, fishing the weed lines, fishing, uh, fishing the deep, deep holes. I mean, it's kind of got it all, you know. Uh, so that ought to yeah. be interesting, especially from a kayak perspective. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to actually living on a body of water, like kind of like what you do, where you can actually digest or dissect it. Right. And yeah. Really right. 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 Down, especially, uh, you know season to season, you know, temp to temp, that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've fished Delavan a couple times. I think once was ice fishing and the other one I was in my Sylvan and it was years ago, but it's definitely a cool lake. And I always refer to it as the mini Lake Geneva right. because those lakes, lakes yep. are so close. They're so similar. Yep. Um, they're glacial lakes. Uh, they're both really deep. Um, but uh, they both hold solid, solid fish. Yep you know yep. so i mean i'm super stoked for you man that's that's super cool 
and uh you know i'm just gonna park my trailer behind your place and you know live there you know hopefully <laughs> the neighbors don't get mad but what are you uh, talking about you know what color do you want your bedroom man don't worry i'll oh, take care yeah. of Hmm. I don't know. I, well, uh, why don't we paint it blue so it matches my bonafide? Paddle and Finn logo. I'm all for it. I like the way this conversation's <laughs> going. But uh, yeah, man. I I mean, it's it's super cool. It's different. Like I know you've all, we've always talked. Like you know, obviously I say it all the time. I'm spoiled with the lake that I got right down the street. Yep. And I think you're gonna fit right into that category once you. Well, you know, you guys get that place and you get to utilize it. So, yeah, it but, should be uh, should be a good time. You know, it should be fun. And uh, we'll keep everyone posted on how that goes. And I'm sure you'll see some footage and, um, you know, we'll be talking about it, too, especially as we get into the winter. If I can land something before winter, then, you know, we'll definitely be having some ice fishing podcasts as well. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Ice fishing is coming. Yeah, it is coming, yep. my man. Yeah. It's funny how the weather is changing here, but yeah, it is. You know, I'm I'm ready for that fall bite to kick in in full force and just slam a bunch of fish. So, so it's funny you were talking about going to one of those campgrounds. I forget what it was or one of the lakes, uh, Boone, Boone County. I can't remember what you called it, but uh, um, you had mentioned that there was it was it was goose. The goose season had just started. Oh, that was uh, Banner, Banner March. March. That's yep. what it was. And uh, it just reminded me, did I talk about my Delavan? No, I would, as soon as you said goose, I said, uh, I said to myself, (laughs) Campfire Tales is coming up right now, folks. No, you did not share that story. And I think it's a great story that should be shared. So a few weeks ago, uh, and you know this one, so obviously, uh, uh, you know, uh, you could probably tell it for me, but uh a few weeks ago, me and my brother-in-law went fishing on Delavan. Uh, now that I'm looking for a place, it's kind of key to find spots and fish it out and start start dissecting it. And he's got a beautiful uh, brand-new nitro boat and uh, 250 horse on it. And so we zoom around. It's a blast. So anyway, a few weeks ago, we, we're out there, and uh, we're throwing top water at the southern end of the lake. And there's just a ton of boats out, right? And we're pivoting around this this peninsula. Uh, kind of throwing chatters and topwater stuff and all that good stuff. And as we come around the corner, we both kind of look and we see all these geese in the water, like an insurmountable number of them, like an army. And uh, we're looking at that and we're like, that's the weirdest thing ever. And we're throwing and throwing and we're trolling and we're kind of getting close to these geese and they're not moving. <laughs> and, and we look up and we're like, I'm like, what the? I'm like, are these decoys? And we look, and sure enough, they're decoys. Right as we <laughs> right as we see this, I look up, he looks up, and at the exact same time, we see the blind, completely camouflaged, half submerged in water. <laughs> the dog is, like, literally, like, halfway out the front door. And as soon as we see this, we hear the geese coming overhead. All of a sudden, <laughs> we're totally in the line of fire. All of a sudden, we hear this guy start squawking his little goose collar. And, uh... Uh, this this arrow of geese is, is flying overhead. We're like, we're about to get buckshot or bird shot. You know? <laughs> and uh, oh, that's too. So funny. all of a sudden, these three geese peel off and they're coming right in our direction. And I'm like, we're gonna eat it. I'm like, I'm like yelling at him. I'm like, get this nitro moving, man. Like, we're, gonna, we're gonna eat lead, dude. And he's like, pulling a controlling motor and like stumbling. And I'm like, fumbling around the back. We're like two clowns, you know. 
<laughs> and the three geese that peeled off, they wound up going to the opposite side of the lake. Thank God. Uh, because I think we would have been hanging on someone's wall, uh, uh, you know, but it was kind of funny. Yeah. We had no idea. We're like, look at all these geese. This is weird. And, and then we were trying to figure out like, can you do that? Or how does that work? Cause there was like 30 boats around us, you know, it was like the most crazy yeah. thing. I don't know how that whole thing works, but I'm sure I'll find out if I get a place up there. So. Yeah. Yeah. You'll find out real quick. I'm sure. We almost but, found uh, out real quick. Let's put it that way. Well, I, when when we looked at Banner Marsh, you know, I started doing research on the lake like I typically do anytime I go to fish a new body of water. And right on there, it said, you know, lake closed due to uh, waterfowl gotcha. season. Gotcha. So I was like, oh, so, you know, that's why we instantly found another lake to go to. But yeah, that's that's crazy. You were telling <laughs> me that and I was just cracking up laughing. Because I, I could picture you two running around the boat like, <laughs> like in, with in pure off. panic mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what do we do? What do we do? Go, 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 go. You know? You know, he's trying to pull the trolling. Trying to get the trolling. You know, yeah, trying, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it, was, it was a total clown show. Without oh, man. It's too funny. <laughs> too funny. Well, I think we're, we're, we're kind of at the end of another one, man. I guess we got a few announcements. Yeah, yeah. So, um, just want to give a couple shout outs to everybody that sent us emails. Uh, we sent stickers to some of these guys. We still have stickers available. So if you guys are interested, uh, shoot us an email, uh, paddle the letter N the word fin at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram. Uh, same thing. Just search paddle and fin. Uh, make sure you follow us. Uh, we also got the YouTube channel again, search paddle and fin. Um, I have a video from Rock Cut currently uploading as we speak. Um, the video from Evergreen Lake is already posted. Um, there's some footage of the camper in use. And uh, actual camper build videos are also up there. Uh, so f- feel free to check those out. But uh, So we got Adam from California. Jacob, our man Jacob Ruff in Wisconsin. Uh, Ryan from Wisconsin, Mark from Tennessee, Matt and his son that were building the trailer out in Ohio. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Redeemed 365 Fishing from up in Saskatchewan, AK Cruz from Tennessee, and none other than our man Todd Phillips from Tennessee as well. So just want to say thanks, guys, for uh, all the kind words and the feedback and everything else. Adam from California uh, suggested we get a saltwater guy on to talk, so we're we're in the uh, the works of that. So um, that should hopefully be coming up soon. Um, next podcast, we got Jay Randall uh, coming back. He just got back from the Jackson Kayak Summit. Um, he just bought a new boat, so he's going to talk about that new Jackson boat. Um, he also demoed the big rig with the pedal drive. So uh, we'll get his feedback on those two items and talk about a few other things. And then uh, we're talking about opening up a t-shirt shop for Christmas season. Uh, you want to touch on that a little bit? Scott? Yeah. So, um, so if, for those of you that follow us on Instagram, a few weeks ago, we posted a pic on some 
some t-shirts that we're working through and testing and looking at pricing and all that good stuff. We're not sure what the demand would be for you guys, but we're thinking of doing a test run maybe over the November and December uh, months, this Christmas season. If you guys are interested, I think we'll stand up a, a, a store. We'll probably sell uh, t-shirts as well as uh, coffee mugs. Let's just start out. Yeah. With. And then, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. And if you guys are, uh, are craving some uh, paddle and fin gear, uh, you'll be able to get your hands on some here shortly, hopefully. Yeah, we'll we'll throw an announcement out there on all our platforms yep. We're still just to give you guys a heads yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll probably just run it for the Christmas season, see how it goes, and then if things go good, we'll we'll keep it open or, um, you know, we may be able to work it where we can do special orders down the yep. road or something yep. after it. But, yeah, should be good, man. Uh, awesome. Super stoked. Yeah, so uh, like we said, guys, follow us on Instagram, email us at Gmail. Uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. We're constantly posting content and obviously five-star ratings on the, any podcast platform that you listen to us on definitely helps us, helps grow the audience, helps grow the community. So if you guys could do us a favor and you know, give us a, a five-star rating, you know, recommend it to your fishing buddies, whatever, help, help us grow it. And, uh, you know, obviously we're continuing to grow. So, which is super awesome. We got people from all over the country, actually all over the continent, uh, listening now. So let's just keep spreading the word. And, you know, in the meantime, we hope you guys are doing well and you got tight lines and smooth paddling. So, uh, till next time, next time. We'll, we'll see, see you guys. guys. Take care. just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Four in the morning. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.